Welcome to Are You Afraid of Ghosts? My name is Jessica Gulliford, and um, yes, I am officially married. I know that um, I was talking about that for the past couple weeks, so thanks for my um, thanks for everyone who sent me congratulations, and also thanks for your patience um, in this transition because you know it's just me doing my podcast, so I want to make sure I bring the best to you. So, anywho. This is um, episode 11 of Are You Afraid of Ghosts, where each week I talk, I will um, talk to you guys about true ghost stories, haunted houses, paranormal activity, urban legends, and more. Um, if this is the first episode you're listening to, I would love to hear your personal ghost stories. If you can send them to areyouafraidofghosts at gmail.com. Before I begin, I'd like to thank all of my listeners If you'd like some exclusive episodes and some discounts on upcoming merchandise, please go to patreon.com slash are you afraid of ghosts at patreon.com slash are you afraid of ghosts for as little as a dollar a month. You will help my podcast out and I can get you exclusive content that only my subscribers will hear. You can also follow us on Twitter at are you afraid three Instagram at are you afraid of ghosts and Facebook at Are You Afraid of Ghosts. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you can know when I release new episodes. I'm going to ask a huge favor of all of you. Please go to Apple iTunes and leave a five-star rating if you like this show, and leave a review with your Twitter handle or Instagram name, and each week I will do a gift card giveaway for the best review. Okay, so let's dive into this week's episode. Last week, we went into detail about The Conjuring. And you have to listen to that whole episode to know all about that. But um, you also heard from someone who lived in the house. So that was pretty cool. Um, We had a huge um, listener turnout for that one. So you guys really like these topics. So I'm going to keep it rolling. So this week I'm going to talk about another leg in the series. And that is Annabelle. First off, I hate dolls. But I do love this movie. And I love the series. So... In doing research for this, I've learned so much that I didn't know before. So doing some research, um, the popularity of The Conjuring um, didn't stop with its sequel. So Creepy Doll Annabelle, first introduced as a fright adjacent to the the Perrin family saga. So it got a spinoff and the prequel sequel that traced its um, shenanigans prior to landing in Ed and Lorraine Warren's Museum of Haunted Objects. So the stories actually went into Annabelle and then Annabelle creation. So they were 99% um, fictitious, but what you guys don't realize is the doll is actually real. It kind of looks like Raggedy Ann. So if you, depending on how old you are, you even know what Raggedy Ann is. I'm 36. So I definitely know about Raggedy Ann and Andy, her brother. So it's really actually not a scary looking doll. Um, It does not look anything like the movie. So it kind of threw me off when I saw the real picture and I was like, well, this looks nothing like it. So the story goes that the Warrens brought brought the doll into their collection in 1970. If you guys don't know who the Warrens is, you need to listen to the previous episode, um, episode 10 about the conjuring because it'll kind of tie into who the Warrens are. Okay. So the story goes that the Warrens brought the doll into their collection in 1970 after it tried to strangle a friend of its owner. 
In 2017, when Annabelle Creation was released, Lorraine Warren told USA Today that the doll, which really is kept in a special glass case as seen in The Conjuring, is possessed with an inhuman demonic spirit, noting it's not what the doll looks like that makes it scary. It is what has been infused within the doll, evil. So a little bit from Wikipedia, gotta love Wikipedia because they always give you more details, but, and then I'll talk a little bit more about it and I want you guys to hear some audio clips. So let's get down to it. So according to claims originating from Ed and Lorraine Warren, a student nurse was given the Raggedy Ann doll in 1968. After the doll behaved strangely, a psychic medium told the student that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a dead girl named Annabelle Higgins. Supposedly, the student nurse and her roommate first tried to accept and nurture the spirit-possessed doll, but eventually became frightened by the doll's malicious behavior and contacted the Warrens, who removed the doll to their museum after pronouncing it demonically possessed. Texas State University Assistant Professor of Religious Studies Joseph Laycock says most skeptics have dismissed the Warrens Museum as full of off-the-shelf Halloween junk, dolls and toys, books you could buy at any bookstore. Laycock calls the Annabelle legend an interesting case study in the relationship between pop culture and paranormal folklore, and speculates that the demonic doll tropopularized by films such as Child's Play, Dolly Dearest, and The Conjuring likely emerged from early legends surrounding Robert the Dallas, well as a Twilight Zone episode entitled Living Doll. Laycock suggests that the idea of demonically possessed dolls allow the modern demonologists to find supernatural evil in the most um, banal and domestic of places. Commenting on publicity for the Warren's Occult Museum coinciding with the film release of The Conjuring, science writer Sharon A. Hill said that many of the myths and legends surrounding the Warrens have seemingly been of their own doing, and that many people may have difficulty separating the Warrens from their Hollywood portrayal. Hill criticized sensational press coverage of the Warrens Occult Museum and its Annabelle doll. She said, like real-life Ed Warren, real-life Annabelle is actually far less impressive. Of the supernatural claims made about Annabelle by Ed Warren, Hill said, we have nothing but Ed's word for this, and also for the history and origins of the objects in the museum. So, that's the Wikipedia version. Now, found this awesome article, which dives a little bit into the more the real details. This is actually on the Glamour website, and it's by a woman named Lindsay Idol. She wrote this in 2014. So the real life story behind Annabelle is even more chilling than the movie. So Ed Warren, he's now deceased. Lorraine Warren, okay, that's his wife. Uh, again, you need to listen to the Conjuring episode to kind of get the full picture. But they were paranormal investigators whose work has inspired a slew of scary movies. The Amityville Horror, The Conjuring, A Haunting in Connecticut, which is also super scary. And each year around Halloween time, they, now Lorraine and her son-in-law, Tony Spera, put on a series of presentations, complete with video, recording, and photographic evidence in Connecticut about their experiences with the other side, spirits, ghosts, demons, and the like. 
This year, their presentations have been all about Annabelle, the so-called devil doll that inspired the recent movie bearing the same name. While the previous movie adaptations of the Warrens' work have been fairly accurate, according to them, Annabelle is a very loose interpretation. In fact, between the Warrens' account and the movie, the only similarity is that they both involve a creepy doll. But after reading about the Warrens' experience with the doll, I've come to determine that the story behind the real-life Annabelle is actually much more frightening than the movie version. So, let's do a little comparison. The basis of the movie is this. John Form purchases Annabelle, a vintage doll in a white wedding dress, for his expecting wife Mia, who collects dolls. The terror begins almost immediately when members of a satanic cult invade their house and attack the couple. Blood from one of the cult members, Annabelle Higgins, gets on the doll and leads to the doll haunting the couple through a series of creepy events that, spoiler, eventually leads to another death. Here are the real-life details, according to the New Haven Register and the Warren's own website. Visit at your own risk. Oh, I did. I like that website. Okay, side note. So Annabelle is a vintage Raggedy Ann doll purchased in 1970 by a mother for her daughter Donna's 28th birthday. The doll began to move around Donna's apartment and leave messages for her on parchment, which Donna did not own. Donna first contacted a medium about the doll, who told her it, it was inhabited by the spirit of a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins. After the doll tried to strangle and attack Donna's friend Lou, she turned to the Warrens for help. The Warrens informed Donna that Annabelle was actually inhabited by an inhuman demon spirit. They then held an exorcism for the doll and removed it from her home. The exorcism did not take, though and the Warrens' power steering and brakes failed during their drive home with the doll in the car. The Warrens had a special case built for the doll in their occult museum. Since it, it, since it escaped several locks in its first few weeks at their house. Of all the items in the museum, Sparrow claims that the doll is what he is most frightened of. Visitors to the museum who taunted the doll were all involved in near-fatal or fatal accidents upon leaving the Warrens. Wow, that sounds horrifying. So, in doing a little more research, um, just keep in mind, guys, if you go on YouTube, um, I'm a big fan of YouTube, if you go on YouTube, you're going to find so many different things about, um, about Annabelle, and also with anything that has to do with like an interview, clips from the movie. I mean, we could be here for days. But what I did find, I really thought was interesting. This was a, um, it's like a, a type of show and it's called CT Style. And um, a guy named Ryan takes a trip to the occult museum, the Warren's Occult Museum, to see the famed Annabelle. And they do a little um, recording of it. So I'd like to play the recording so you guys can see what their findings were. Okay, so keep in mind they're at the museum, so some of the descriptions will be surrounding that. What looks to be a welcoming home nestled in the quiet town of Monroe holds a very unwelcoming presence in the backyard. 
Tony Spera is the curator of the New England Paranormal Research Center and also son-in-law of the famed Seekers of the Supernatural, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Through the Warrens' well-documented career, they have researched over 3,500 paranormal cases, and one of the most infamous being the story of a very innocent-looking Raggedy Ann doll. This, of course, is Annabelle, the cursed doll. And there was a movie made about it called Annabelle, and she was also featured at the beginning of the Conjuring movie. This doll was given to a nurse in Hartford in 1970. She lives in an apartment with her roommate, and the mother of the nurse gave her this doll for a birthday present because the girl liked dolls. She's about 28 years old. I'm just going to pause right here. This is actually Tony Spera, the son-in-law um, of the Warren speaking. You can even see on the doll, if you look really close, you can see a little bracelet on her arm. So they would treat it as a little girl. One day they woke up, there was a piece of parchment paper on the floor. And on the parchment paper, written in pencil, it said, help me. Nobody owned parchment paper. Nobody knew where that note came from. Now the girl said, wait a minute, someone's probably coming in this apartment. So they set up a little, a little thing where they would put scotch tape on the door of the apartment. They would place the rug just in a certain location to see if anyone was in that apartment when they weren't home. Well, they weren't. No one was in that apartment. Nothing was moved, except the doll. The doll would move. Evil erupted as the fiancé of the nurse, Lou, had a dream that he was being choked by Annabelle and awoke to throw the doll all the way across the room, when suddenly four slashes appeared on this young man's chest and stomach. Four on the chest, three on the stomach, and you could see actually the blood coming through the shirt. After being called in for an exorcism of the doll, Ed Warren later confiscated the doll and protected it in his museum. But the evil ensued when a Hartford priest visited the Warren's home. So he brings the priest down and starts to explain about Annabelle. As he's explaining about Annabelle, the priest quickly walks over to the doll, almost like Lou, the, the fiancé, grabs the doll, throws it across this room, and says, he proclaims, God is more powerful than any devil or demon, just like that. And Ed didn't know what to do. Ed says, Father, I just got through explaining, do not touch that doll, it's dangerous. On his way back to the rectory in Hartford that evening on Route 84, he never made it to the rectory. He went almost head-on into a tractor trailer with that new car. And miraculously, though, he wasn't killed. But the car was totaled. And he called later and spoke to Lorraine. He said, you know, the last thing I can recall is looking in the rearview mirror and seeing the image of that doll staring back at me in the mirror. Then I lost control. But the interactions with Annabelle haven't always ended the same like in this case of a young man who rode his motorcycle to the museum. The young man runs up to the glass case and starts banging on the glass like this. And he says, you know what? This is a bunch of hooey. This isn't real. If that doll can put slashes on anybody, do it to me right now. He challenged the doll. Ed said, son, you and your girlfriend, you have to leave. I can't put up with that. You go right now. So the kid is leaving with his girlfriend, a young man, about 20. And he's smirking and laughing about it as they leave. Again, he never made it to his home. Three hours later, that young man that came on a motorcycle was dead. Despite all of the very frightening supernatural events, believe it or not, some people still want to get their hands on the doll. One person sent me an offer for a million dollars, and I said, I'd be totally irresponsible to sell you that doll for a million dollars. He writes me back and said, how about two million dollars? 
I wrote him back. I said, the, the doll is not for sale at any, any price. It would be totally reckless and irresponsible to let that doll out into the public realm. Creepy. You don't feel yes. like a So that was the son-in-law of the Warrens who actually watches over the doll. And I really think that it's crazy and creepy. So just to um, kind of recap what Tony was saying, um, this is another article that it's the true story of Annabelle. And um, it does start out with saying Annabelle is real, which we kind of know that the the doll is real. We've heard right from the family members. But um, keep in mind, though, that this doll was something that had nothing to do with The Conjuring. It just kind of tied into a couple of clips in The Conjuring. But as the, um, pre for the previous episode, episode 10, where you're listening to the family member, Angela um, Perrin, she says that, that, a real, that she has to constantly explain to people that Annabelle has nothing to do with her story for The Conjuring. So even though it's featured in it, it's not actually a part of it. So that's kind of like a Hollywood thing. But anyway, so the story, the real story is Donna um, got Annabelle from her mother in 1970. Mom, mom bought the used doll at a hobby store. Donna was a college student at the time and living with a roommate named Angie. And at first, neither thought the doll was anything special. But over time, they noticed Annabelle seemed to move on her own. At first, it was really subtle, just changes in position, the kind of things that could be written off as the doll being jostled. But the movement increased, and within a few weeks, it seemed to become fully mobile. The girls would leave the apartment with Annabelle on Donna's bed and return home to find it on the couch. Their friend Lou hated the doll. He thought there was something deeply wrong with it, something evil. But the girls were modern women and didn't believe that sort of thing. There must be an explanation, they reasoned. But soon Annabelle's actions got even weirder. Donna began to find pieces of parchment paper in the house with messages written on it. Help us, they would say, or help Lou. Just to make the whole thing that much creepier, nobody in the house had par parchment paper. So where the hell was it coming from? The escalation continued. One night Donna returned home to find Annabelle in her bed with blood on her hands. The blood, or some sort of red liquid, seemed to be coming from the doll itself. That was enough. Donna finally agreed to bring in a medium. The sensitive sat with the doll and told the girls that long before the apartment complex had been built, there had been a field on that property. A seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins had been found dead, found dead in that field. Her spirit remained, and when the doll came into the house, the girl latched onto it. She found Donna and Angie to be trustworthy. She just wanted to stay with them. She wanted to be safe with them. Being sweet, nurturing types, they were both nursing students. Donna and Angie agreed to let Annabelle stay with them. And that's when all hell broke, broke loose. Lou started having bad dreams. Dreams where Annabelle was in his bed, climbing up his leg as he lay frozen, sliding up his chest to his neck and closing her stuffed hands around his throat, choking him out. He would wake up terrified, head pounding like all blood had been cut off to his brain. He was freaking out. He was worried about the girls. A few days later, he and Angie were hanging out, planning a road trip when they heard something, someone moving around in Donna's room. 
They froze. Was it a break-in? Was there an intruder in the apartment? Lou crept over to the door, listening to rustling within. He threw open the door and everything was as it should be, except Annabelle was off the bed and sitting in a corner. As he approached the doll, Lou was consumed with that feeling, a burning on the back of the neck that indicates someone was staring at you, and he spun around. Nobody was there. The room was empty. And then sudden pain on his chest. He looked in his shirt and saw a series of raking claw marks, rough ditches in his flesh that burned. He knew Annabelle had done it. The weird claw marks began healing almost immediately. They were totally gone in two days. They were like no wounds any of them had ever seen before. They knew they needed more help, and they turned, into, they turned to an Episcopalian priest, who in turn called in Ed and Lorraine Warren. It didn't take the, the Warrens long to come to their conclusion. There was no ghost in this case. There was an inhuman spirit, a demon, attached to the doll. But they warned that the doll wasn't possessed. Demons don't possess things, only people. It was clinging to the doll, manipulating it, in order to give the impression of a haunting. The target was really Donna's soul. A priest performed an exorcism on the apartment, and the Warrens took possession of the doll. They put it in a bag and began the long drive home. Ed agreed to stay off the highways because there was a concern that the demon might screw with the car. And at 65 miles an hour, that would be disastrous. And sure enough, as they drove on the back roads, the engine kept cutting out. The power steer steering kept failing, and even the brakes gave them trouble. Ed opened the bag, sprinkled the doll with holy water, and the disturbances stopped for the moment. Ed left the doll next to his desk. It began levitating. That happened a couple of times, and then it seemed to just quit, finally laying quiet. But in a couple of weeks, Annabelle was back to her old tricks. She started appearing in different rooms in the Warren home. Sensing that the doll was ramping back up in the Warrens, ramping back up, the Warrens called in a Catholic priest to exercise Annabelle. The priest didn't take it seriously, telling Annabelle, you're just a doll, you can't hurt anyone. Big mistake. On his way home, the priest's brakes failed and his car was totaled in a horrible accident. He survived. Eventually, the Warrens built a locked case for Annabelle and she resides there to this day. The locked case seems to have kept the doll from moving around, but it seems like whatever terrible entity is attached to it is still there, waiting biding its time, ready for the day when it can again be free. Thank you so much for listening. Hope it didn't scare you too much. Good night.